I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome, everyone, to the Playing Footsie Midweek Footsie. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. Usually, we answer a question, and we have got lots of questions on the list right now but we are going to just miss the question this week uh because we ran over from the show on sunday and we just wanted to add this because i think uh the information that these guys got have, have got is uh relevant right now and it might not be relevant next week but this week what what are we doing this week because i haven't got a clue this week it's the return of, from the main segment, the bit where we pitch you a stock. You said a long time ago that you were looking for a stock to add to your portfolio. Uh, you actually said on Sunday that you felt you had, didn't want any more stocks, but we thought we'd ignore <laughs> that bit. Um, and Steve and I have been thinking of stocks that you might buy. So last time out, Steve attempted to pitch you a company you'd never heard of called Netflix, uh, and I attempted to pitch you the famous New Jersey resources. Uh, this week we've got some new stuff to see whether you like any of these things. So here's us on some stocks and why you might like them. I'll go first. I've got a tech stock uh, that you might like. They're doing well at the moment. Um, <laughs> but this one's called Aspen Technology. Uh, regular listeners might be familiar with this yep. because it's part of my five-stock sampler. And what this is is a software company that makes software to facilitate asset optimization in complex industrial environments. Got it? Good. So what the hell that means is uh, they collect data on your plant or factory and stuff like that and then use it to help you operate that plant or factory better. Uh, they do stuff like helping you monitor and reduce your emissions, improving your supply chain planning. That's a big thing at the moment. Uh, and decreasing your energy usage. So it's a tech company that works on industrial AI. Uh, what's good about it for users is basically you get better margins. You will make more money. Uh, these tend to be quite tight on these kind of uh, capital intensive projects. So any kind of lift you can get from some handy tech uh, is usually quite welcome. And it tends to mean their customers are quite sticky. Um, you can save money on your energy bills, which is, again, useful when uh, margins are tight from your factory. And you will reduce your emissions, which is nice if you like ESG credentials and green badges. Um, so there's a couple of key themes that this is exposed to, right? Uh, that's kind of an AI Internet of Things tech company. Um, mainly in the industrial space, and it's got a lot to do with decarbonisation because it is helping to sort out emissions quite a bit. Uh, let's talk valuation then for a moment. So it's got a 9.5 billion market cap, 330 million in debt, 248 uh, million in cash. Uh, so you're buying about 9.58 billion in enterprise value. Free cash flow last year was about 270 million. So you've got a cash flow yield of a, just under 3%. Uh, and they're guiding for slightly higher this year, looking at that growing for about 10% for the next five years or so. And then we'll see where it takes them. More on that in a moment. Um, they've had a bit of a COVID hangover, uh, which is kind of interesting. A lot of their kind of end users are still suppressed from um, COVID refineries and so the like of their uh, major customers. They've been renewing at slightly slower rates and they've had limited output uh, and that kind of thing. Um so there's clearly a lift to come as things open up just a little bit more and COVID moves further into the rearview mirror for them. But they're free cash flow positive. In fact, they're very free cash flow positive. 
Their capex is about is usually less than one percent of their operating cash flow, so nearly all of that makes it down to the bottom line. They don't pay a dividend, but hang with me because they have reduced their share count by about twenty eight percent over the last decade. They buy back a lot of stock rather than dividending it out. Um, their margins are pretty strong. Uh, there's about a ninety percent gross margin, forty five percent net margin, fifty percent operating margin. These are quite high. Uh, and they also out R&D most of their competitors. They spend about 15% of their revenue on uh, R&D. Everyone else is spending about five from similar kinds of things. Um, they reported earnings recently. They missed on their top line. They missed on their bottom line. Their stock went up. Um, the main reason being they are guiding quite strongly. And their miss on their revenue came on the back of a very, very, very tough comp uh, from last year. So Aspen Tech, uh, a nice software as a service company that I think is probably too big to be uh, well, big enough to fend off its smaller competitors and small enough and well embedded enough to not be worth it to someone like Salesforce to try and come and take them on, really. Um, I think you might like it. See what you think. I wish you tried to pitch me this without the name um, because... This sounds a lot like Palantir, except for the cash flow positive and uh, all the earnings and stuff like that. But essentially, Palantir here is just a consultancy firm which is attempting to use AI to to improve supply chain, energy, etc., uh, etc. Et and a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people will tell me, no, it's far more than that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But this sounds like a company in the same play, in the same space. And I, I am just having a quick nose myself, actually, because this is profit. This is pure profit from a software as a service company, isn't it? And what's the, uh, what I'd be keen to know is is how many people they have and how much it costs them to to pay for all that those people. Uh, but it looks like it might not be that many. So. This might be a different, a completely different company to something like Palantir right now. But it, when you first described it to me, I was going, is he going to try and pitch me Palantir right now? <laughs> it's interesting. I'm not insane. Uh, I'm not insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, this Steve, what, was the, um, what was the company called you spoke about a while ago? And they were buying other small software companies. Uh, Ropa. That was Ropa Technologies. Yeah. Ropa. Is this mm. something, could this be a potential acquisition for Ropa? No, no uh, here's the reason why massive. this couldn't be an acquisition for Ropa. Um, Emerson Electric have uh, a couple of operations that do similar industrial tech things, and they are currently scheduled in June to merge their two industrial tech things into Aspen Tech. So it's not quite a takeover. It's a merge of part of Emerson Electric with these things. Uh, and there's a deal there where if you're an Aspen shareholder, price is at about 160-ish at the moment, I think, you get $89 and 0.43 of a share in what they're calling the new Aspen Tech. Um, so I suspect it won't be taken over by Roper, but it is expanding its scale by a kind of weird merging move. Oh, interesting. This one's really hard for me because you kind of pitched me stocks I've never heard of, and I've kind of got to come up with this yeah. thing off the top of my head. This He's got quite... to put it on fast graphs and look at the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no, the no, line no. is going to look wonderful on fast graphs. I'm simply looking at at it on CNBC right now, to be honest with you, and and the numbers are great. And you, ninety percent gross margin, net margin forty four percent. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? PE though, like forward PE twenty eight. I mean, when you're looking at that, I haven't seen the growth. Uh, you said the ROIC is pretty good, didn't you? 
Um, I think I implied I it, but I didn't I, think it. I'm not sure if I said it. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to look for it now. But I mean, this is a strong business, right? That's what it is. It's a strong high cash flow business. Uh, of course, it'd make it onto the list. Possibly, is it? It's. Well, I'm gonna look. Yeah, I'm gonna look it. It's priced a bit like a strong high cash flow business, to be honest with you, but it is also a bit off the beaten track here, Okay, which is where I'm looking at the moment. Uh, Before you make your decision, Paul, would you like to hear mine? <laughs> uh, uh, why no, not? It's not why relevant. Not? This is going to be really hard, this is. <laughs> so I'm going to come out of left field a little bit here and pick something that probably should have come from one of you two. So I'm picking, I'm not going to tell you the name now, just because it's more fun to do that. Mm. Um so it's a Fortune 500 company. It specializes in sourcing and supplying building materials. So if you want to think of them in a UK equivalent, they're like a more vertically integrated Juicen or Travis Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, the HQ is in Dallas, Texas. It's uh, right in the center of a property had, uh, hotbed. It's got 550 locations across um, 40 states. And the company itself is about 25 years old. So it's been around. Um, so generally offer structural uh, and structural related building products, so factory built roofs, floor trusses, uh, wall panels, stairs, vinyl windows, millworks, trims, engineered timber. Um, all the products are, can be designed for the home and they can install as well. Um, so it's a recent history, is sort of one of acquisition and mergers. So there's uh, been large deals made with ProBuild, which was a six billion pound major acquisition, uh, merged with Bianchi Company after that, and then made an 11 billion deal with the BMC Company. Uh, I think that was last year. So revenue, if you're looking at it on last report, was eight and a half billion. Uh, net income positive for five years, a market cap of about 12 and a half billion, trades at a, a TTM PE of about eight and a half. Uh, 150 million of free cash flow at the last report, so uh, not aw- not awful attractive. Uh, 150 million on revenue of uh, eight and a half billion. But I'm here to tell you this is growing incredibly fast because it's an acquisition sort of industry. Uh, you'll have to forgive it. Um, sales are going to pretty much two and a half times this year. Uh, they're going to come in at about 20 billion. And they're going to generate about a billion in free cash flow. So that price to free cash flow is coming down rather fast. Um, there's a, a 1.5 billion of debt on the um, balance sheet, but um, you can see that's quite easily going to be covered by future cash flows. Uh, it's basically one and a half years uh, long-term debt. Uh, no dividend poll again, so I don't know why I'm bothering. Uh, but actually, to be fair, we're looking at and the dividend doesn't feel miles away. They're already going to spend a billion on buybacks this year. Um, to try and bring that share count down. As you can imagine, with lots of mergers and acquisitions, that share count has been uh, dribbling up. Um, so a little bit of a bear case for you as well to help you out. Um, a lot of this growth is is merger acquisition, and a lot of it is the price of materials at the moment. So they're not going to stay up there forever. Um, when you get a supply glut in materials, you'll end up with a lot of price gouging. So there's people basically trying to get rid of their expensive stock to um, get a little bit, uh, get, get access to the cheaper stuff. Um, obviously, when you buy something that is a physical product, you need somewhere to store it. And if you're storing something that's more expensive than uh, what it's being sold at the moment, you've got to get rid of it. And that tends to lead to uh, supply guts in the market. Um, the other sort of problem is um, the infrastructure bill never getting through. That could that could uh, cause issues. And I guess just any sort of strain on the financial system that would cause liquidity or sort of any kind of financing issues are, are going to hurt this company too. Um, thoughts? It's um, it's interesting. Uh, supply chain um, materials uh, are the problem. 
this company, I feel like I've seen this company before. I, I don't, I can't, I can't remember the name though. I feel like it's really something simple and obvious. Like the name is like, it, it's like building sourcing or something like that. It's, I can't it's remember. It's very, what, very close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it? Oh, oh right. Okay. Uh, it's builders. It's builders fast sauce. The oh. for anybody who's listening is BLDR. <laughs> I wondered if you'd think it was Fastenal, uh, which is probably its biggest competitor. But I think BLDR at the moment is a lot more attractively valued. That was and it. it. A lot more interesting. It was on a list because it was uh, a really one of them interesting tickers. Uh, mm. You know, it was it was the time I was searching for. Uh, uh, tickers that made sense so pizza and 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 things like that builder was the other one um so yeah i did look at this company a while ago actually it was uh yeah it was quite interesting um to see ah that's good that's i like that um yeah it's uh building materials did very well through the pandemic right that was what we that was our big thing lows uh, yeah i was looking in, at it with lows they've done yeah they've done exceptionally well so this this is more aimed at commercial building rather than um, sort of things. Mm. That's what Lowe's and Home, uh, Home Depot were, um, were looking you know to have I, you do. You so know what I thought DIY. you were pitching me first? I know, you know what I thought you were pitching me first? Ibstock. That's what I thought you were going to right, okay. uh, pitch me. I thought yeah. that as well, but that's way too small in London based, yeah, isn't it? That was, that was it. Once you started going to America, I was like, okay, so it's not going to be that. But yeah, that was my first thought because it feels very similar. Is it? Is it similar to that? To a degree, yeah. yeah. It's more like a, a, it's like it's probably the first paragraph, more a vertically integrated uh, builder's merchant mm. is kind of what it is with a, with a fitting service and a bespoke service. So how it works mm. in the UK is these merchants tend to stock the things that people would want the most, blocks, bricks, you know, certain lengths of timber, floor joists, that kind of stuff. But for when it becomes a bespoke job, they would almost just, they, they basically hire somebody to do the job um on your behalf mm -hmm. so with this what builders first source are doing is saying well sod sod uh sod that for a laugh because they only make a small cut from that work they'll say we'll do the whole thing um so yeah they're a really interesting business i think what's the valuation like at the minute what's it all uh trailing 12 months pe is about eight and a half and uh price to free cash for the moment looks pretty disgusting but i think <laughs> At the end of the year, that will tidy itself up quite nicely. Ah, there you go. Steve, you mentioned um, revenues going up two and a half times. Any thoughts on margins with that? I can't work out whether that's just inflated cost of materials and being vertically integrated, they're probably going to pick that cost up somewhere, I assume, in there. Uh, it looks like margins are going to improve. Um, uh, it's obviously not okay. going to be a really high margin business. Uh, it's never going to be that. But the idea is that they will always have products that they can uh, they can pass on. Um I think net margins you're looking at between sort of five and eight percent, which is not too bad for a company of this kind of size. And mm. uh, uh, well, they're certainly willing to uh, spend money and grow. So um, it'd be interesting to see where they go forward. The risks are, I think, that they're um, quite committed to trying to get the share count down, which means that acquisitions are going to have to slow as well, or they're going to take on a lot of debt. So it's quite an aggressive strategy. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, see exactly what they plan to do i like that i like that you've uh come up with a, a non-tech stock and, and this it's still it's got you are you saying this might be a bit of a gart play going on right now or 
I don't think so. Because it's a major and acquisition uh, kind of play, um, you've got to be sort of conscious of the fact that um, you know you want to be buying this company on the way up, but it's not going to be organic growth. I don't think. Yeah. I think this is um, this is tacking on businesses. Hundred percent. This is a deep value play for you, right? Deep value. <laughs> quite possibly uh, so yeah that's it um, two stocks that we've had this week uh, what was the builders uh, builders sourcing uh, builders first source and the first one was Aspen Technologies uh, two very interesting stocks that I'm sure a lot of people are going to go away and look at now um, especially on the Discord I'd love to hear from people on the Discord what, what uh, you're going to look into these stocks and see if they're any good and also in the comments if you wanted to comment on that and also ask us any questions you would like uh we usually answer them on this uh midweek footsie uh we just decided to do something slightly different uh thank you very much guys and we'll see you on sunday i'm amazed how many people own stocks I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.